Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University. Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is Jeanette for our Amaze Yourself call of the month with Nancy Berry Jensen. I, Nancy, I didn't realize I hadn't been introducing our calls properly all along, so thanks for being <laughs> honest. This, this call series is Amaze Yourself, and today we are redefining visualization. I'm really excited for this because I think it's a topic that has a lot of potential questions around it, and it deserves an in-depth look, so I can't wait to hear what we're talking about today. And if if our I'm Nancy by the way Nancy Barry Jansen from AffirmingSpirit.com and if uh, those who are listening or those who are on the call have checked out the previous call where we kind of really talked about the basics and the nuts and bolts of visualization then this conversation is kind of picking up where that one left off and and taking it forward and possibly even taking it into places where you've never seen visualization go. <laughs> So that should be fun. But I um agree. <laughs> You know, uh listening to that call, I um really talked uh about the importance of emotions and we as a group kind of said, you know, you probably can get away with doing visualization without emotions and you'll get what you visualize, but you might not like <laughs> what you end up uh experiencing from the results of the visualization. And and the results of the call really were our agreement that um, visualizations are supercharged when you include emotions in it. And it's interesting, since the time I did that call last um, year, I um, now am involved in an online class for positive psychology. And they are giving me the words that I didn't have last year when we were talking about this because their research is showing that when emotions are embodied, so that's the word I want to use here is embody your emotions, they are so much more powerful than when they're just hovering up around our brain. And we know that. We know that, you know, experientially from just living life. But um, it's really being shown in the science when they actually um, work with people and help them to embody different emotions and then um, trace uh, different markers, including, you know, their heartbeat and their um, the temperature of their skin and um, their eyes dilating and all that kind of stuff. They're able to really see that there's a, a dramatic difference between somebody just thinking a thought about an emotion versus someone actually feeling and embodying that emotion in their body. And nowhere is it more pronounced when it com- than when it comes to love. So that's the interesting thing for the researchers. The researchers figured that all positive emotions were the same pretty much. And then the more they got into the research, they found out, nope, actually, love is a much, um, that particular emotion does things way more dramatically and way faster to the body than when we're experiencing other emotions. Love. Yeah. That's easy to understand because when we're in appreciation or love, like when you're doing, um, you know, a rampage of appreciation, you know, you can practically feel the <laughs> the shift in your body when you really get into that rampage of appreciation or um, when you pet an animal uh, and, and really love that animal, the same feeling well, might happen. I, I guess that's what I'd like to ask you about, Nancy. I don't know if this is a good time for it, but what exactly do we mean by embody the emotion? Do you mean feeling the physical sensations of it in our like physical selves, or yes. what exactly do we mean? Yes, I mean that. So so here's what's interesting for me, is that when I talk about visualization, me, Nancy, talking about visualization, I'm talking about closing your eyes and 
feeling the feeling inside the body as if you're already there, as if you're already experiencing the thing that you're visualizing. And I didn't realize until a while into doing this teaching stuff that when I used the word visualization, there was a good percentage of the audience mm. who only understood it as a mental imaging process. Mm -hmm. They did not understand it as um, embodying the emotions, actually feeling the emotions in your chest, in your heart, in your, in your body, um, the way you would feel them if you were really feeling okay. joy, happiness, excitement, so forth. I might have like an as if, like inserting yourself into that uh, moment as if it's really happening right now. Yes, yes. And, and I think a lot of people, when they talk about or even practice visualizing, for many people it could be even devoid of those higher feeling states and they would still consider it visualizing. So I think it's good to be making this distinction. And you know, though, I might have even mentioned this on our last call, Nancy, the example I always think of here is Bill Murray in the opening scene of Groundhog Day when he's coming <laughs> to the temple saying, I feel good, I feel fine. And he's saying what about it. Bob? It's what about Bob? Oh, I'm sorry. What about Bob? Oh, I, I probably I probably get that wrong every time I try and quote this. You're right. What about Bob? Yeah. <laughs> I feel happy. I feel wonderful. No wonder I feel no great. one ever knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got the wrong movie, girlfriend. Right <laughs> after. And they're both but, great great flicks. <laughs> do you know the scene, Nancy, where he's or you know what I'm talking about when someone can say the words but there's a disconnect with yes. you know actually feeling it. Yes, and, and actually on our last call, by the way, I listened to our last call last night and you didn't mention that example, but um, what you did mention was this very thing, this that people can be like going through the emotion or going through the motions, not emotions, but going through the motions of visualization. They can conjure an image of their mind and they can actually end up manifesting something from it. But then, in, in fact, you, the example you used, Jeanette, was when you started your business. I was just How, say, I've lived this one. I know it. Yeah. yeah. You want to say share it again? Well, I imagined that if I got this thing, the thing, ha and I know a lot of us do this, the thing for me at that time was a full thriving coaching practice. I thought once I got that, then, you know, I'd feel relief. I'd feel better because life would be good. I wouldn't have the stress of making money and wondering, is this coaching thing going to work? So I was focused on the on getting clients and growing a business, and I was I was there was a lot of stress in the process. I was stressed out as an employee. I was stressed out when I quit my job. I was stressed out as I was becoming an entrepreneur. I was stressed out as I was growing my business. Not always 100% stressed, but it was a dominant vibration. I think, and um, sure enough, I I that picture did manifest in my just like I had visualized. I had, I could cherry pick. There were so many people that, who wanted to work with me. I could pick my favorites, and um, and even then, my feeling state didn't change. It was the same stressed I had always been, except now I was stressed for a different reason. I was stressed because it didn't feel good to not be able to say yes to everyone who wanted to work with me. Mm -hmm. It was it was ridiculous how. That that remained constant no matter what was happening out there because that's how it works. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. The universe is going to give you more of whatever you're feeling unless you choose to feel something different. So even right. though I was visualizing what I wanted, it didn't change my feeling state. And can I, can I suggest that basically you were visualizing and you were embodying stress while you oh, yeah. were visualizing it. So what you got, was exactly what you were a envisioning and embodying. <laughs> a perfect match. And that's my point. That is my point exactly, except I would hope people would <laughs> embody uh, some good feelings. Let me know. be a cautionary tale, everyone. <laughs> do as I do. <laughs> uh, I've learned that one. That's why I get so preachy about it doesn't matter. You've got to find a way to be happy now. I mean, I get it because I've lived it. It's the circumstances don't change how we feel. And that's not the only story I have of that, by the way. I've done it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, we talked about this in the call, how there is, a, there is a crossover between affirmations, meditation, mm -hmm. visualization. Yep. They, they rarely exist um, 
as standalones. They're often together. And I had shared in the call also that I like to first get relaxed, which is meditation, and then do the visualization where I am seeing it in my mind's eye, but I'm also embodying it in my body when I'm when I'm doing it. So the the title of today's call is is redefining visualization because I'd like to open the door for discussion about other ways we might actually be doing this whole visualization embodiment um, and we haven't recognized that we're doing it. And Anna was, you know, right on top when she said acting as if because that's definitely one way. Um, And it got me thinking about things like easy world. When we invoke easy world, even though we're doing it really quickly, um, and jumping tracks, quantum jumping, um, inner child work, ho'oponopono, all of these things have in common an element of um, acting as if and being, you know, incorporating a multi-sensory experience like in, in the previous call, Brenda had shared her story about how body butter had played a role in getting a job because she had used that scent not only to trigger her imagination while she was visualizing, but she used that body butter every day when she went to her existing job while she was visualizing going to an even better job. So um, we talked about scent and sound and taste and different ways that uh, you can take visualization from just being about the visual part and being more about a multi-sensory experience and being, you know, choosing to be that person or be the experience that you're choosing. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Are you seeing uh, the question in chat room? I would love to hear how how you really get yourself to embody it. So I would love if guest four was on the call or he could give more... um, I can talk, I can speak to how I wasn't doing that when, when I, like uh, the way I was disconnected from the feelings, when I was seeing the pictures, um, I, I was very clear about what it would look like. But it's kind of like, imagine a person who doesn't bring all of the senses to bear. Like if all we're doing is hearing something or tasting something or seeing something, but it doesn't, but it's like um, disconnected from the whole full experience. That's kind of what my visualization was like. I was seeing the pictures of it and I was finding the words of it, but it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily feeling the the satisfaction or relief or enjoyment that I thought would be there when it happened. So if I were doing it differently or the way actually I do it now, in fact, we've heard Abraham do this sometimes where every once in a while they'll invite someone in the hot seat to just play with a word and to start, whether it's fun or what they do freedom a lot too, sometimes they do relief, where just by playing with the word, it's, it's the catalyst to start feeling differently about it. And Nancy, that's probably what's happening with the easy world process too. When, when Julia invites us to say, I choose to live an easy world where everything is easy, including, and then finish it with whatever you want. And then the rest of the, pro- that's not the whole process. The rest of it is breathe, relax allow, enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. So so it's making a connection with actually changing the vibration, not just changing, you know, the the words of the instruction that we're sending to universe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like Easy World has the humor uh, going for it because as soon as, if you're really kinked, as soon as you say, I choose Easy World, it almost makes you laugh because it just seems so absurd when you're really that kinked. And then while you're still kind of giggling over it and imagining, well, hey, the, you know, I could be in easy world where it is, is easy to take care of, da, 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 da. And then when you go into the breathe, relax, allow, you ensure that there is a shift in, in energy, a shift in You know, vibration. part of this, Nancy, makes me feel, if remember the link you shared about the questions we answered to, you know, see where, what, where we're vibrating? Mm-hmm. You know how you had said the value of that process is more that it enhances our awareness. I wonder if that's part of what we're looking to do here is to become yeah. more clear about what we're feeling. Because for a lot yeah. of people, we're so in our heads, there yes. isn't necessarily an awareness of what's happening in the body. Mm-hmm. May, I, may I say something? Um, I would like to say that uh, uh, I keep thinking of 
uh, well, what I've called find the beauty, uh, but find it, see it, feel it, then be it. And until we find or know what is, uh, what we deem um, hmm, desired, uh, I mean, it, it can be applied to anything. We we find it. We know what it looks like. Then we have to really, not just with our eyes, but also with our spirit somewhat, see what is happening. Then we can begin to feel it. And as we begin to feel it more and more, we get better at it. Then we can truly hmm, embody it. We can be it. And uh, so... In my mind, uh, that that four-step thing uh, was tremendously beneficial to me, going from uh, just, well, well, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I'd like my life to be like. And then, you know, finding a way to match it up uh, somehow. Yeah. With yeah. that, Hannah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's perfect. I, I love it, the find it, see it, feel it, and be it. And, you know, for some people, the find it part gets them stuck because they might say, well, I don't know what it's like to have a better job or I don't know what it's like to have a relationship where the other person treats me well or I don't know what it's like to be in a relationship at all or <laughs> I don't know what – and it, if that's the case – you know, I go back to Abe's advice, which is you only want things because you think you're going to feel better. So start feeling better now. And, and So, Nancy, and, yeah. mm-hmm. let me run this by you. Um, I got a question just over a week ago from someone. It's actually someone who purchased the Prey Rain Journal. He writes, I need some advice. I have started the Prey Rain Journal and have been doing visualizations as well but I've noticed something is off with me. You, as well as others, talk about the importance of getting to the feeling place, and I agree, but for some strange reason, I just feel numb, like I don't really get to those feelings. The things or the way of life I I want to have is very close to my heart, yet when I try to feel the feelings as though I already had these things, I just feel like I'm not getting there, as though I'm blocked. He's asking for Mm -hmm. advice. Is there something wrong with me? Do I just need to persevere? I'm concerned that I'm doing this wrong, so... We'll definitely be pointing him to this recording. Mm. I think this is not uncommon. And I, I remember reading um, Peter's, um, he used to be Peter C- Peter Cito, and he's changed. Peter the Great. Yeah, he's now Peter the Great on uh, <laughs> on um, uh, GVU. And, you know, he he talked candidly about this, too, how that when we first started talking about this, he, he didn't, he just couldn't do it. But as he began to connect with things he did relate to. Uh, For instance, um, the love for his daughter. Um, He could easily tap into the love for his daughter and how that made him feel and that it felt good and it felt loving. And then as he began to kind of equate that feeling with other things, he began to develop um, his ability to feel. And he said it was literally like, um, uh, you know, building a muscle. It was, you just got to keep practicing it, but start with what you know. Start with what um, already, you know, feels good for you and already works for you. And what's interesting there, last week in this positive psychology class I'm taking, we were all taught to do loving kindness meditation, which basically you you think of somebody you already love. You make it easy on yourself. (laughs) Think about somebody you already love. It might be a pet. It might be a child. It might be a, a partner. Um, but you think of that person. You feel the warm feelings in, you know, inside your own body. And then you wish them. There's a series of um, uh, wishes. May, may, you, may you feel secure. May, while you're thinking of that person, you're saying, may you feel secure. May you feel happy. May you feel healthy may you live with ease. And then you just kind of keep repeating those four statements over and over again. But it's really about building um, the emotional muscle. And the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. I like that suggestion for us to draw from parts of our lives where we do already feel it and, you know, bring that to bear in whatever we might be 
visualizing. I think that's and, and that, Nancy, I, I totally agree that the more we practice it, the better we will get at it until finally you'll be at a point where on a dime for no reason at all, you'd, you'll be able to call up an emotion. Just like, you know, actors who they're really good at their trade, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on a dime, you know, they can, they can pull up whatever um, they're instructed to. Well, whatever emotion that character is supposed to be having, they can pull it up and and they can share it. So... So I'm I'm curious, Jeanette. Do you remember the first time that you really embodied um, emotions in a visualization of some sort? No, I definitely don't. I I think my conscious awareness probably wasn't present enough for me to know that, and it's only in hindsight that I can tell. Because trust me, at the time that I was you know doing those visualizations, and like I said, I've done it more than once, where the emotions weren't necessarily present. I, I wouldn't have guessed at the time that that was a missing element. It's not like I knew it and I thought it was going to be fine. I, I, I don't think I was even aware it wasn't until looking back on it that I recognized what was happening there. And, and in a way, that kind of feels to me like when I sometimes joke about manhandling the universe. Like I give it <laughs> visual instruction so strongly that it, I know it has to match whatever pictures I have in my head or words that are on the tip of my tongue and um, sure enough, it will do it. But if somehow, some way, I'm going to I'm going to manage to still feel the same way that I did the whole through that whole process. <laughs> so it better be a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you've learned that from the you know from getting the clients and so forth. But I know uh, I had a feral um, kitty cat who really did not like people, and he did not li- he did not like to be close to you. He didn't not like to be held. Um, and one day I was feeling really, really um, overwhelmed in my business. I, I had too many things on my plate. I didn't know what to do first. I was going in 12 different directions. And out of um, frustration and overwhelmment, I got up from my office and went into my bedroom and literally plopped myself on the bed in kind of a, oh, God, I give up kind of, you know, gesture. And... Um, I had forgotten that my feral kitty's hiding spot was under the bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty, wow. much, pretty much where he spent all his time was under the bed. And I had forgotten because I was in overwhelm. So I'm laying on the bed, and I'm just trying to feel better. So I'm taking some deep breaths and, you know, trying to calm myself down and get to kind of a neutral place. And as I get to this nice, calm, neutral place, I ask myself, okay, what would feel best right now what what would feel best for me to do right now and in that moment up jumped this feral kitty right next to me and i had this kind of oh oh, oh, he's right here he's right here next to me kind of feeling because this is a kitty who did not like to be you know held or cuddled and here he was literally inches from me um on the bed and then he came and he just kind of snuggled up against my side, you know, the side of my body, and purred and and laid down and and um, and just purred. And I and it, I had I was just in this very blissful kind of relaxed, calm, almost meditative space. And he showed up, and then I was trying not to scare him. <laughs> trying to not not make him jump down again. I didn't want to, you know, do any, move too fast or do anything that might make him jump down. And so what I did was I I laid there milking the feeling of the excitement and the joy and the thrill of him being right there with me. So, yeah, I'm... um, you know, I milk it all this, this, it's wonderful, it's great. Okay, eventually he jumps down, I get up, I go on with my day. A couple of days later, I'm sitting in my office and I'm realizing that I need to do some kind of an energy shift. So I start practicing that feeling that I had been milking when I was laying down. I'm, I'm sitting in my office, milking the feeling of joy and thrill and appreciation. And I'm, I'm in my office, uh, my arms are straight down by my side. And all of a sudden, I feel something furry on my left hand. As soon as I had shifted into this energy of and embodied the feeling of thrill, joy, appreciation, this little feral kitty had come out from his hiding spot under the bed and had found me in the office. 
And that I, I realized that I had called him to me vibrationally by shifting my energy. I had not said a word out loud. This was all what was going on inside of my body by embodying the feelings of joy, appreciation, um, and thrill. And that's what I'm trying to say here about redefining visualization is that when we begin to really practice and milk and play with and feel these feelings in our body, we can't help but call vibrationally to us what it is that we're wanting to experience. I had a similar experience this morning, uh, and I was practicing it. Uh, Our cat Zoomers was at the balcony door, and from outside at that time, particular time of day, you can't see, and it's mostly like a mirror. Mm -hmm. I know cats have special visuals. I saw him coming up, and he was there, and he was looking uh, right direct straight ahead where the person would normally go. And then he looked a couple other places. I just sat there still, wondering if he would notice me at actually quite a distance and quite a side away. And he did. (laughs) After a bit, it was like he looked right at me, and I was like, oh, yeah, you got me. Uh, I did it as a practice. Will he know I'm over here? Will he think here, here, I love you, kitty, I'd like to open the door, da-da-da-da, I'm over here. And um, so it is more the thought part. It's more the feeling part than the thought part because I was more focused on how it would feel uh, letting him in the door and having a little cuddle. Mm-hmm. That what I was going, oh, that feels so good. Come on, I'm over here. You can have all that. Oh, it feels so good. And plus he looked. And, of course, I let him in and we did that. <laughs> is anyone, I noticed it's we have little, East, East Louisiana is on the call, too. I wonder if she, he or she, uh, East Louisiana, has anything to share about a similar experience? Yes? No? Okay, and I'm seeing in chat, Nancy will also want to address people who say they aren't good at visualizing or the ones who say that they can't do it at all. You know, we really did that on the last call, but I'd be happy to just recap what um, what we shared. I had shared um, a brief reading from the book uh, Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain, which was... Yeah, which was written in the 70s and then re, redone again in the 80s, and then it was um, updated again in the 2000s. Um, she basically said, you know, we're all we're all doing it. Um, when we worry, we're visualizing. You know, when we um, uh, anticipate something that we're really looking forward to, in a way, we're also visualizing. Even, like even just when you're pulling up, when you're pulling into an intersection and the light is red and you're imagining it going green, or if it's green and you're imagining it going red before you get there. I mean, we're seeing something that doesn't exist yet. Anytime we hold pictures in our head that aren't, you know, the in our from our 3D reality, that's, yeah. that's a visualization, right, Nancy? Well, right. it is, and I'm inviting people to extend that out to a multi-sensory experience of right. actually being, um, so that it's not just in the head, but, but I... I have to say yes, because your example earlier in the call, Jeanette, of, you know, mentally imagining having lots of clients at the same time that you were stressed out, and then you did manifest having lots of clients, but you were stressed out. You know, you're you're manifesting not just what you visually see in your mind's eye, but you're manifesting what you're feeling in your body while you're seeing that image in your mind's okay. eye. So that's why I'm combining them. So when the people say, when the pe- just for the record, when the people say you can't expect to successfully manifest if you do not include emotions, I know not all LOA teachers say that, but some of them do. I'm yeah. in disagreement with that just because of my own personal experience. But, um, but I mean, I'm not, and I'm not saying that it isn't more effective when we can include very positive emotions with our visualization, but it's it's still a way of using our creative power to bring something about. Strictly speaking, yes, when you visualize an image or a symbol in your mind's eye, uh, whether it's a moving image or it's a, a static 
image of something when you're when you're imaging that in your mind's eye you will attract it but a lot of times when people do that they're not feeling not so good, good while they're doing that and they end up attracting both the image that they have in their mind as you know, well as the feeling they have in their body yes because our, our feelings is, temper our image not our feelings our emotions um whatever we visualize whatever we see with our mind what we may not be acknowledging that we feel at the time that uh, part we don't acknowledge actually affects what it is is the what it is that manifests like what we manifest what i am hearing you say anna is it's impossible not to have a feeling behind it because we're always feeling something even if we don't consciously recognize it so right Right. I think there's I think there's truth in that, don't you think, Jeanette? Because Yeah, I would agree. Because think about this. The reason that sometimes people affirm, meditate and visualize is because there's something about their life they're not happy with. And so they're they're deciding, damn it, I'm gonna you know, yeah, I'm gonna visualize it. Yeah, to change it. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and well even the classic with putting getting a uh oh golly, how many people did this? Taking a picture of a model from a magazine, rip out a page, and then put putting your own head on the body. Uh, I know my dad's wife did this a lot, and uh, that was her interpretation of affirmation and that it would work. But the feelings around that are so, uh, um, they will absolutely quash that because you know, great gap. I used to say this is why I wasn't really nailing the treasure hunts because we've been doing treasure hunts for a while and I have never, I've never won one. I don't think I, I don't even know if I've ever finished a whole list. Jeanette, but I don't I know that anybody wants you to because you're already the head person. Well, here's why I was thinking that. I was thinking it because I didn't have strong emotions associated with the items on the treasure hunt, like you know, you know, blue pen or you know, orange ball. Never, it didn't. I didn't have any emotions around it, and that so it didn't fuel any strong energy for its manifestation. Brilliant. I wonder, Nancy. Hey, Nancy. Another thing I wanted to run by you is about because um, I was thinking this discussion maybe says a little something about the difference and whether there is one between imagination and visualization, and then you know fantasizing and daydreaming. I know a lot of people have their own different definitions of those things, and they might feel good about one and feel like another is a waste of time, but I think there's a lot of similarity between those practices, right? Oh, yeah, and we did talk about that on the last call, too. And, um, you know, the key distinction here is it comes back to embodying the emotion, whether or not you're embodying the emotion or whether you're doing it consciously. So I think what what Anna had previously said about how we're all feeling some emotion. <clears throat> we're all feeling some emotion. So if you're doing the visualization and you're not consciously aware of how you're feeling, then you might be doing a disservice to yourself because becoming consciously aware of it, then you can more you can embody it more fully, and you can be very conscious about the choice of what feeling accompanies your mm -hmm. uh, daydreaming imagination. Um, you know fantasizing so um yeah they're and they're very you know to me i would almost put imagination and visualization practically in the same box because for me it's just so very very closely uh, as as is daydreaming you know mm -hmm. um so i think there there's definitely a connection there but i'm i'm curious for people who have either practiced easy world or ho'oponopono or have experienced um, quantum jumping or jumping tracks, um, I think there's a relation with visualization, what we traditionally call visualization, with that as well. That first you're using your conscious thinking brain to help you decide what it is that you want to experience. And then you're using that conscious thinking brain to get yourself into an you know, an imaginary scene in your mind, and then you're calling upon your imagination to fill in the blanks for the other senses, for the, the smells and the taste and the touch 
all the other senses, and then uh, bringing it all together into a sense of being. Um, and that's definitely how I experience uh, visualization. Is that I, I'm just curious, Jeanette? Is that how you experience visualization as well? Yeah, I I I try. My favorite way to do visualization is to include the questions to prompt me to include the other senses. So I'll ask myself, what does it look like? And the pictures are usually the easiest for me to get to. But then I'll ask, what does it sound like? And then I'll ask, what does it feel like? And the way I'd learned that question, they meant it in a tactile sense, not an emotional one, but I'll answer it from both perspectives because by the time I've looked, I've tapped into it from all those different angles, it's a rich, rich visualization. There's, there's no chance of getting out of one like that without some strong positive emotions associated. And when you do that, and when, you, when you're at the height of doing that, isn't there a point, almost maybe seconds, where you feel like you're actually already there and you're just being? Well, I think ideally, yes, and the more that I, I go to that, the more that becomes true. The first, much like with an affirmation, the first couple of rounds with it, it might feel a little distant or a little... Um, um, uh, Forced is the word some people use with me when they talk about their challenge in, visualizi in visualizing. But, you know, you just you practice with it a little bit, and pretty soon it's going to start to feel much more real than maybe it did on your first try. Yeah. Is there not also a, a secret factor with some people, perhaps many, who uh, don't even necessarily recognize that there's a... Um, Example, uh, say you grew up in a very uh, religious family. All of this stuff, LOA, is like um, <laughs> metaphysical mysticism stuff to a number of people. And there are great numbers who've had this, you know, for generations. It's been uh, uh, coming along, and uh, this is what we're believing. And it seems for me and actually for somebody else I know, it seems that that belief that they never thought about, but just it's all mystical and stuff, has made it very difficult to actually do it. They try, 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 do it, put in all this effort, but there is that little twig niggling that it's like, oh, it's all a bunch of hokey because it's mystical or, or metaphysical. That. So, their, so their mind is telling them a story that it's woo-woo, it's crazy, it yeah, can't That they're not yeah, aware of. that doesn't of. happen yeah. in our circle, though. I mean, I think everyone who's, everyone at GVU or anyone listening to this call even this doesn't fall into that category. Yeah. Although, oh, as you say, there are people who um, I did. written you who say, I'm having... Um, you know, how, how, I'm curious who guest four is and whether get what when they ask the question would love to hear how to really get yourself to embody it. Um, what they were really asking in that question. Well, I actually understand the question because it's it, if you if a person's just hearing it but not understanding it, it doesn't necessarily translate. Like a per, I I mean, I even still I'm like, okay, what exactly does it mean to embody? And I thought, okay, is there is there a way to visualize that doesn't – what would it be like to visualize without and without embodying it? Because if I could maybe feel out the difference or discern Live the it. difference. Living it. it. Live it. Live what it is. Oh, oh no, I think, I think Jeanette's question was huh? how, do you, how do you experience it without the emotions? Right. And I think right. that in that example, you're really just like you see the image in your mind's eye, but there's no feeling. It's Almost There's like no. 2D instead of 3D, right? Like yes. It's kind of flat. It's yeah. Yeah. It's flat. Okay, and because living would be like, you know, 6D. <laughs> whereas, whereas when you're being it and you're embodying it, then it's like living it. It's like okay, I thought, yeah. living it in that moment. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I, I'm thinking um, to answer guest four, um, how to get yourself to embody it, it would be to practice it. 
and you start with the emotions you're already familiar with, and then you you close your eyes. And I say close my eyes because we get a lot of stimulus coming into our eyes. Um, so when we close our eyes, it's a it's a way for us to really um, focus our attention on our body. So when you close your eyes and then choose feelings that you're used to feeling, like um, appreciation that you have for a pet or a loved one or uh, a hobby that you really enjoy, and you just feel that appreciation in your body. You feel what it feels like. You feel what it feels like to feel appreciation in your heart, in your chest, in your um, torso, uh, the area between your neck and your legs. <laughs> you know? um, and, then, and then feel that feeling and then begin to move that feeling around inside your body. What does it feel like when you're feeling um, excitement in your feet? What does it feel like when that excitement is in your legs? It makes you so want to jump up and run. And moving the emotion to different parts of your body and seeing it that way to see what it feels like. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. As a way, as a way of practice, practicing feeling it and embodying it so that, you know, um, you can begin to call up these emotions. And for the most part, I'll speak for myself here. For the most part, when I'm visualizing, I'm going after some basic positive emotions like love, appreciation, joy, um, maybe excitement and thrill to some extent, but um, more often love, appreciation, and joy are the, the emotions that I'm going after. So I practice and have practiced for years feeling those feelings inside of me without necessarily even having a visual image to go with it, just practicing the feeling oh. itself. Well, that's an interesting topic to me as well because, you know, Abraham has said before that the thought precedes the emotion or mm -hmm. the vibration. And yet, in in some of their more recent channelings, they were talking about how it is possible to feel something before without an associated thought, which feels kind of like, a little contradictory or backtracking, but I get that. I get how, um, and that might not be the way most people get there, but I understand that that could be possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, it's possible for me because I've actually been consciously practicing it. I didn't like just, you know, w walk across the street one day and just suddenly have an emotion, you know, choose to have emotions that I had no thought. It, it was something that I... I consciously chose to feel and consciously chose to um, to cultivate in myself. And and it's something I can do. I can do it in meditation. I can do it just um, just because I've decided I want to. You know, hey, I, I'm bored. I have ten minutes. I'm gonna practice. You know, some positive emotions. I mean, I've done I've done all of that. Um, I've done the, hey, the last time I did this, it called my kitty. Let's see if it does it again. <laughs> I've done that too. So, um, and, and it works with other cats too, not just the feral kitty, by the way. When, when I started having other kitties besides the feral one, I, I found the same thing would work. By getting into those positive emotions, my, you know, I would be calling forth the, um, the, the cats in the house because they would feel that shift in energy in me. And I'm, I can only imagine that what we're desiring is responding to us in the same way. That as soon as we have the thought that we want something, it's already created. The only thing that it's waiting for is us to become a vibrational match. And as soon as we begin practicing and getting into the place of feeling joy and appreciation and love, then we're putting ourselves more in vib vibrational harmony with source itself and therefore in vibrational alignment with the things that we're asking for. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So, but I really did, um, you know, I, as I was thinking about this call today, I was thinking about, now, wait a minute, when I do Ho'oponopono, 
I'm often, often not just saying the words, but I'm having a feeling. I'm having, I'm visualizing almost like a bubble around me as I'm saying this. Like I'm inside a bubble of, of positive energy, and I'm repeating these phrases from Ho'oponopono. Um, uh, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I love you. Thank you. And I say that please forgive me and I love you very briefly and then I spend most of my time on the I love you and I thank you. And I've, I've watched the energy around me shift dramatically at the same time that I'm in this like bubble of energy where it doesn't matter what happens, I'm okay. But at the same time, it doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm also noticing and seeing the energy shift around me as a result of my choosing to change um, change my energy. So by visualizing, you know, even though technically Ho'oponopono is not considered a visualization tool, it's considered an energy clearing tool, it has elements of visualization in it. Um, and it clearly has the ability, and this is another Another thing, you know, between my kitty coming to me when I shifted my energy and the, the work I've done with Ho'oponopono, I've seen how my actions have a direct effect on the energy around me and the people around me. And I have seen this over and over and over so many times that, you know, people in the forums ask, well, how do you know this stuff? Or how are, how are you so sure? Because I've seen it happen in real time where things literally just morph. Um, I've walked into conference rooms with clients where you could have cut the air with a knife from the tension between the, the people in that room. And I've immediately started doing Ho'oponopono and watched everybody calm down and relax and start relating and communicating with each other. And I know that the only, diff the only thing that happened was that I entered that room I felt what was going on, and I made a choice to um, do the energy clearing with Ho'oponopono and then watched the energy clear. And, um, and you know, this ties into, I've said this before, I'll say it again, uh, it ties into the Institute of Heart Mass research that says, listen, the human heart is the largest electromagnetic generator in the body. It generates an electromagnetic field of between several feet to up to two miles from the human body. They say that it's really more like the monks, you know, the practiced Buddhist monks that have the two-mile radius. But for the average person, it's somewhere, you know, between several feet to maybe 10 feet. And they also know, this field being electromagnetic, they also know that uh, atoms can be changed either electrically or magnetically. And the human heart has the capability of changing atoms either way either electrically or magnetically. So when we, are, when we are making a choice to, quote, unquote, visualize and make it a multisensory experience and we're feeling the feeling in our body and in our heart, we're taking that image and we're broadcasting it out through our electromagnetic field, which then attaches to the, you know, connects to the electromagnetic field of the earth and the electromagnetic field of other human beings that we're in contact with. So... What we're talking about is something really powerful and literally has the ability to change the atoms around us. Mm -hmm. You know, Point so it's, it's yeah, so, you know, we think of it as kind of a woo-woo thing, but when you put it all together and you see what the research is showing and see how we're feeling and how things are literally changing around us, you can begin to see the, the difference. The same thing with Easy World, although Easy World, what I love about Easy World is, Compared to Ho'oponopono and, and quantum jumping, to me, Easy World is a lot easier. <laughs> it's just more streamlined. It's like, poof, I'm there, and okay, I'm choosing to let go of whatever I was hanging on to before because I'm there. And so then you're, you're choosing to be it at that point. And then, um, and then with quantum jumping, I think that's pretty much the same, I mean, Everything that I know about quantum jumping is you consciously make a decision about what you want, then you consciously set the scene up, then you imagine yourself making the jump, then you, you feel yourself there already 
where you want to be, getting the answers that you're looking for. Um, have you tried? Have you tried quantum jumping, Jeanette? You know, I I can't say I'm properly trained on it, but I agree with your assessment because it did feel a little complicated for me to get excited about. So I n I never felt inspiration to go all in on that. So the answer to that question for me is no. Yeah, I mean, I felt inspiration when I heard about it, but then when I tried to do it, it was like, yeah, it was mm. a, little, a little too hard for me. Um, but, but yeah, I um, I even had experience with this, um, the, the, the being in the last week. Um, my mother transitioned on March 1st. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm a person who I really, truly, honestly believe that life is an illusion and death is an illusion, that we are all extensions of source energy. Uh, as Abe says, there's a greater part of us that's in non-physical than is in physical. And, um, you know, when we croak, you know, we're just withdrawing that aspect of us that is physical uh, back into non-physical, but we're still, you know, there's, there's no death the way that, that we had previously seen death. So I truly believe that. And yet, I was grieving. I was um, uh, finding myself crying. And I, I'd even be crying and thinking to myself, simultaneously while I'm bawling, um, this is weird. I mean, I really do know that my mother's in a better place and I really already feel her around me. I can already feel she's she's jazzed to be where she is and out of pain. So um, why is it that even though I know this, I'm still crying like this? And what I realized was, you know, because I went into the feeling, I felt my feeling. Remember, we were talking about this the other day, uh, feeling feelings. I actually took the time to feel the feeling that was causing me to cry. And when I got to the root of it, it felt like the little girl in me that used to get up. I Literally, I used to get up at 5.30 every morning to run downstairs and give my mom a kiss before she got in the car and drove to her work. She had to be to work at 6 o'clock in the morning. So she left at 5.30. I didn't have to be up for school until like 7. <laughs> but I would get up at 5.30 every morning to run downstairs, give her a kiss, and say goodbye before she headed off to work. And then I would go back, you know, back to bed for a little bit before I got up to, to actually go to school. But when I, when I tapped into why was I crying, when there's uh, when I really do believe that life is an illusion, death is an illusion, and that my mom is fine. She's actually better in a better place than when she was suffering. Um, it came down to this little girl in me that um, that didn't want mommy to leave. Right. And when I tapped into that and recognized it, then I was able to um, be with that you know, do the inner child work and be with that part of myself that felt like the little girl and soothe her and um, and kind of say, and look, mom is here. And do you feel how much better she feels now? And And that was, I was actually able to use all my senses and emotions to actually really soothe that inner child um, to the point where the grieving has almost... Um, evaporated because I'm wow. I, I'm able to integrate those those feelings. So I think, and this goes back to our conversation. What was it last week? We were talking about the importance of feeling the feelings. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I think um, you know the same can be said with the importance of feeling the you know being conscious about the feelings that you're feeling when you're choosing to do a visualization, and and redefining visualization from just the visual part of it to, you know, uh, really embodying those emotions, allowing yourself to feel them, see where they take you, and um, see what message they have for you. Um, Ooh, I like that, what message they have for you. And mm -hmm. I just want to say thanks for sharing that with us, Nancy. That was a really powerful story. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. I, yeah, I, I thought it was... I. There, I, there was a part of me just going, now, wait a minute, this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, if you really believe 
that she's in a better place. Why did you just go through 10 Kleenexes? (laughs) There's there's something going on here. And once I was able to um, pinpoint it and then um, deal with it, do something with it, uh, I found that it made a a really big difference. Um, Very inspiring. Yeah. So... um, I know we've kind of took this all over the place today on today's call, but I'm just curious if anybody has any questions or anything that we didn't talk about that, that you know. Is Brenda unmuted? Any oh, thoughts yeah. from Brenda? <laughs> I had just thought earlier when I was listening to the conversation and you had brought up the body butter thing mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that uh, I, I think the reason, and I really didn't use logic when I, inserted the body butter aspect into um, creating this new job. But I think it worked so well for me because I was taking something I loved, uh, a tactile thing. It was a sensory, held a lot of, I wouldn't say emotion, but, well, yeah. Appreciation. 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 Yes, perfect. Appreciation um, of the smell of, that my favorite body butter into that visualization um, or imagining session. I, I think it was because I took took something I loved into an unknown thing that I wanted to create that could potentially, you know, evoke feelings of unfamiliar unfamiliarity, fear. Um, but if I took things that I loved and I felt comfortable with into that imagining session with with me. Um, it seemed to make everything feel all right. <laughs> just, out of, just out of curiosity, um, Brenda, are you by nature someone who are you're very sensitive to smell or yeah. touch? Yeah. Or yeah. touch, did you say? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. if your body buddy butter didn't have a scent to it, it might have just had, you might have been really connecting to you know how it felt on your skin and felt on your hands. Yeah, so that's why I was curious if. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a Taurus sun, so I guess maybe. Oh yes. Earth Taurus, sign, like yeah. that. They hold a lot of, seem to hold a lot of power, for me. A lot of draw for me. Um, so I think that's why that works so well. And then also, I was thinking about. I thought about when you were talking about Easy World, how. Um, the one time that I was in a drive-through and my car had stalled right in the right in the drive-through, and it wouldn't move, and I had to get somebody to the guy to come inside, come outside from inside and push me out of the way so other people could proceed, and I ended up pushing me. He pushed me to the side of the parking lot and I sat there for like 20 minutes. The car would not start, and all of a sudden I remembered, oh. I think, well, I have, what have I got to lose? I'm going to invoke Easy World. So I I said the words, <clears throat> did the process, took the deep breath, and then I did it again just to make sure <laughs> that I was feeling it. And um, sure enough, the car started like instantly, like it was bonkers. It was so crazy. I, I think that is, I love what you shared, Brenda, about how did it again to make sure you were feeling it. That's right. Those are really wise words. Yeah. But really, all it was, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about, did I bring strong emotion into it or did I, did I imagine anything? I think for a second, I, when I did the invocation, I suspended um, judgment or ideas around that scenario about what was possible and it was sort of like a, an instant of delight oh, oh yeah i'm in easy world where anything is possible <laughs> right and uh sort of held that feeling while i put the key in the ignition again yeah you released yeah. the kink that you had yeah going and you um opened up to even just momentary shift in um in your vibration by embracing a possibility and you know and then you of course the breathing the relaxing the allowing that goes with that i certainly have had similar things happen with computer equipment are you hearing this Jeanette? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm paying this, full attention. <laughs> I've had this specifically happen to me with um, my printers as well. In fact, I remember, <laughs> I don't tell this story often, but I was um, working at Adobe Systems back in the uh, 1990s, and um, the John Warnock and Chuck Geschke were the heads of, the, they're the founders of Adobe Systems. And I think it was John had asked, he'd send his assistant down to me to um, have uh, some overheads printed out for him. And uh, she left me with it, and then she turned around and left, and, and I went to print it, and the darn thing would not print. The, the, it wouldn't print. It just wouldn't print. So I went to the printer, and I, and I was feeling a little stressed because this is, you know, the founder of the company is asking for this, and I'm not, it's not printing. I put my hands on the printer and thanked the printer for cooperating and um, uh, printing properly. And um, it started to print. And, but it only printed like two pages or something. So I said, okay, that's the game you want to play. We'll print two pages at a time. <laughs> so I just printed two pages at a time with my hands on the printer, thanking it, thanking it, thanking it. It would print two. Anyway, I printed the whole thing, got it all together, called the admin and said, okay, it's here to pick up. And she said, what? I said, it's here to pick up. She said, you're, you're kidding. I said, no, it's here for you to come. I'll put it right on my desk here for you to come pick up. Well, she comes to my office and she picks it up and she said, Nancy, that was a corrupt file. We all knew it was a corrupt file, but you have a reputation for being able to print things when nobody else can print anything. And we thought, yeah, have her try this. There's no way. <laughs> and I printed it, but I didn't tell them I didn't tell them the whole hands-on thing. I, <laughs> you won't give your secret away, yeah. <laughs> this is the early 1990s. Come on, people yeah, were not. It's <laughs> Silicon Valley, 1990s. People were not open to that idea. <laughs> now they would. Now they would be totally like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so I've definitely had that experience, and now when I know when I know and understand, you know, that the heart can literally change atoms, and you know, both electrically and magnetically, it actually kind of makes sense. Um, and you know, Larry Dossie has written all those books about the power of prayer, how people have even been healed from the past through the power of prayer, that there's even no time, space, you know, a limitation to the power of prayer. It, you know, prayer is just, you know, affirmations and um, feeling it in your body when you're saying the affirmations, which I've always said is the key to affirmations is, is to really get them juicy enough that you're feeling really positive emotions when you're saying your, your affirmations. So, um, and, and I also want to get into what uh, Brenda just said about love I think that's really a key that you were focusing on this new job that you were imagining in your mind's eye and you were feeling love and appreciation for um, that body butter that you were using. So you were tying and kind of really creating the neural pathways to connect your new job with the sense of love and appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's that's exactly what I've been saying here today on the call, and it's a perfect example of that. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, agreed. All right, Jeanette. Unless anybody else has any questions or whatever, I think you know. I know I took us all over the map today, but I was really trying to open your minds, and maybe after this, you know, now that you've been on this call and you've thought about this, you may go away and come up with more examples where, yeah, oh yeah, and. I, now that I think about it, you've been actually been using this embodied um, emotion visualization that's really more like being, um, and you've been probably using it all along, and now you can be just much more conscious about it. Like um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. 
really good conversation today, Nancy. Thanks again for bringing it to us. What are we covering in our next call series? Our next one is about resting. Oh, the the Z's. (laughs) Yeah, and how resting comes in so many different forms. You know, and we, we, you know, again, the first time we went through it, we really talked about the nuts and bolts of it. And now uh, we're, we're in the phase where we're actually expanding out the original ideas and taking them deeper. Mm-hmm. And I'm inviting people to not just listen to this call, but, but play with this in your own life. You know, try the things that we talk about in, in the calls and give it a go for yourself and note what you're experiencing because we would love you to come on the call and then share, um, you know, an epiphany or an experience that you had as a result of trying these different um, ways of manifesting. Yeah. Do that. Come come back and share because <laughs> we like it. We love having people come on the call and share and talk. And yeah. In fact, big thanks to Anna and Brenda for chiming mm-hmm. in on the call today and hello to Ian in the chat room. So we'll continue this conversation with uh, in the forum as everyone's listening to the recording and looking forward to our next call, Nancy. That sounds good. Thank you, guys. Have a great week, everybody. Big love. Cheers. Bye, Happy day. Bye. Sunnies. Bye-bye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.